Hello and welcome to the first ever Sea Road podcast. I mean, technically we release sermons every week. Right? On iTunes and Spotify, shameless plug. We got them. Um, but we are going to try an actual podcast format for a series for groups, um, which is just going to be our community series. And each week we're going to talk about something different and I'm going to have a different guest on. This is Hannah Bowersocks, by the way, pastor at Centennial Road Church. Should have said that in the beginning. It's my first time ever. Don't hold it against me, but I have Justin here with me. You want to say hi? Hi. So we're just going to talk a little bit about community today, um, and I just want to ask him some some questions and see what he has to say about it. For those of you who don't know, we're married. Yes. We're recording this in our basement mm-hmm. while our kids are above us, sleeping, hopefully. They were screaming just a second ago, so we'll see if you guys have any sound breakthrough, your end of things. Um, but I'm also going to have Pastor Jason on to talk about more the avenue of accountability under the the umbrella of friendship and also I'm going to have Faye Croswell on to just talk about mm-hmm. what it looks like to be a part of a community and serve that community and invest. Um, so I'm super excited for this series. So it's going to be a three-part series. So that's all just an introductory thing to let you know what we're doing, what we're up to. So I'm going to just dive in here and ask Justin some questions. Oh boy. So I'm not going to go super serious at first. I'm going to think of some random question to ask him that kind of breaks the ice for you listeners out there. So Justin, if you could be any animal in the world, what would it be? Ooh. Well, I know your favorite animal, not animal, (laughs) your favorite animal is a hippo. (laughs) So I guess I would be a hippo so that... I could be one of your favorite animals, or I'd be oh, an elephant, cute. which is also one of your favorites, mm. or um, yep. a, or a pig, which yep. is also one of your favorites <laughs> as well. You remember my last favorite? Since you're going for it, no, I'm. It's another huge, crazy looking animal. Um, Rhino. Rhino. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Okay, so if you could be anything other than my favorite animal, though, what would you be? Um, I would be a, I would be a big bird, something that would allow me big to bird? fly. <laughs> just, just the ability to fly would be okay. pretty cool. So I'm, I'm pretty so you content want to be an albatross. Yeah, sure. Okay, sweet. Okay, last question. What that... kind of animal would you be? Oh, 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 um, the pressure's on probably an animal that lives in the ocean so okay a whale of some kind all right yep cool yeah i don't want to get eaten by other animals but i want to have all the abilities of uh an ocean dweller that works <laughs> okay so my other question just to again break the ice have our listeners uh get to know you a little bit more before we dive into some depth here um what is, if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be mm. and why? Uh, Cadbury mini eggs <laughs> and uh, just because they're amazing. And in Canada, they're available all year round, but where we're from in the States, they're seasonal. So um, before we lived here, we would come up and we would just load up on Cadbury eggs, mm-hmm. like fill our trunk with them. <laughs> we'd go through the border and they'd be like, do you have anything to declare? And we're like, yes, Cadbury eggs. And we'd have... <laughs> thousands of Cadbury eggs. No, that's not true. We would not get that many, but we would load up while we were here and chow them. Yeah, I guess so. They are the best. True. 
but I think your teeth would rot out in the first like couple months. You said to choose one food. So. It's true. All right. So you'll just live for a couple months and then be happy for those <laughs> couple months that you're so. just chowing Cadbury eggs. Okay. So we're going to dive in here. Um, I'm going to start with, can you just talk about a time where you didn't have a strong network of community or a healthy support system? And what did that look like for you? Well, when we lived in Nashville, it was like, I mean, it was a huge city, obviously lots going on. Um, I, I just, you know, we were super busy with music, with working. I don't feel like we really had a very strong community where we were at. We went to a really small church in mm-hmm. uh, downtown Nashville. And um, yeah, it was just hard to connect with people. Um, it was a very transient city. So you have people that you meet and I, I feel like they'd leave shortly after you met them or they were traveling or touring or whatever. So that was probably the time that comes to mind because it was also immediately after college where we had like such a deep friend base and mm-hmm. you, you were, you spent four years with these people living in townhouses with them and you were so deep in relationship with them. So to go from that to kind of the real world where it's hard to even meet with people for an hour a week was kind of a shocker mm-hmm. for, for both of us, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I I think that um, every city or every community is kind of defined by a couple different phrases. And we probably would both agree that Nashville was super creative, which was super fun because we're creative people and we just enjoy that energy and excitement. But we also probably could define it by being pretty competitive. So Mm -hmm. it was hard to kind of find um, authentic people who wanted authentic relationships and weren't in, um, in it for any specific reason, just wanted to be friends and it was challenging. Yeah. So in relation to that, can you think of a time when you did have more of an incredible community experience and what difference did that make? Oh man. I mean, up here it's been like to find kind of a a really tight knit community has been amazing. Um, have a, a smaller group of guys that I meet up with weekly and we pray with each other. We hold each other accountable. It's just a, a really good group. And there's a lot of trust that's been built up there over the years. So, um, yeah, I forgot the second part of your question. What difference did, did that make? Oh, it, does that make? It's the biggest difference in the world because um, you're surrounded by like-minded people. And when you're down or you're struggling you've got this group or network of people that you can reach out to that can help lift you up and support you and at the same time you know if if you get too full of yourself or you're um, maybe acting in a way that you know you shouldn't you've got this trust in this community around you that can hold you accountable to that I know we're kind of getting into the accountability that you're going to talk about with Pastor Jason next week but you know that's kind of that's been such a, a huge part of my experience here in Brockville and it's been just the the best gift ever. Yeah. And like for those listeners out there that are like, I, I, I'm here and I don't have that community. Um, what would you say to those people? Like it didn't happen overnight. Right. So how does, how does that happen? How do you find a community that you can really, um, trust and open up to? Well, I, I mean, you have to realize that not everybody is going to be, you know, share the exact same interest as you may be or be completely like-minded to you in, in different areas. I know for you, like you would often challenge me early on and be like, you know, 
you have to put in the work if you want to really go deep with people. And I guess I was kind of hoping that it would just happen organically, that I would mm. meet that person that just we click and we're able to go deep and it's all just it, like college all over again, but mm-hmm. you just don't have that time. So yeah. I think just being realistic about it, looking at those relationships as, you know, they don't have to be perfect and it's kind of in the imperfection that mm. um, you guys, you're able to grow, you know, like I, yeah. I think, I know Paul's talking about being a, uh, the apostle Paul is talking from an individual standpoint when he says, I'll boast all the more of my weaknesses But I do think there's something to that, even as far as relationships go, you know, the areas where you're weak in relationship, if you're willing to put in the work, you can, you can go deep with a lot of people that you'd really be surprised. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's cool. That's a really cool answer. Um, Why do you think so many of us are hesitant to connect? Um, It could be COVID time or real time. So let's just say COVID wasn't a reality and we're talking real time and then we'll we'll do the flip side in just a second. Oh, man. I feel like busyness was before COVID. Like I remember Mm -hmm. right before COVID happened, um, I gave a sermon all about busyness. And I was like, we got to slow down. We've got to, you know, Mm. create that space and time. You caused it. (laughs) To be with God and to be in community. And then like a few weeks later, the whole world just stops. And um, all of a sudden you have all this time on your hands that you never imagined that you'd have. And um, at the same time, I think some of us were able to create busyness in that because that's kind of how our personalities are wired and uh, maybe distract ourselves from. He keeps staring what, at me when he's saying these keywords. He's like, some of, some of us are it's weird. distract it's ourselves. It's a little weird to podcast because you're like <laughs> staring directly in the eyes of the other person right across from you. It's and very romantic. Yeah, there's, there's these big microphones <laughs> in your face. Because when I have other guests on, it's going to be awkward that I said that. But in this case, with my husband staring right it's, at me. It's romantical, as <laughs> Anne would say. Romantical? Anne with an E. For those of oh, you who yeah. don't know. Oh, yeah. Anne of Green Gables. Yeah. Okay. Um, so keep going. I don't we know. We got a little distracted there. So some of us found ourselves still busy during COVID time. Yeah. But- yeah. I think busyness is often an excuse. And, you know, relationships take a significant amount of time out of your schedule. You know, if you really want to grow deep with someone, um, you you should be meeting at least monthly if not weekly with yeah. them if it's possible and and that's unrealistic for a lot of us who have kids and um life is crazy but uh really like carving out that time is so important and i think busyness gets a lot of us mm-hmm. i think maybe some of us um sometimes we feel like uh we don't deserve that relationship or we mm-hmm. don't deserve that depth that's available to us. Maybe we're we're worried that as we open up in vulnerability that people will reject us because yeah. of our past or so our history. Shame. And yeah. I, yeah. So I think it's kind of different for everybody, but um, you know, the devil wants us to be isolated. Mm. And so whether he's gonna use your busy schedule or he's gonna use the shame that you're experiencing, he's gonna use it and he's gonna leverage it. Um so that you stay isolated. And in this case, he's going to use COVID um, to keep us isolated as well. And and among other things. Yeah. I think fear is a third thing that just Mm. pops in my head right off the bat. I can think of a lot of people who 
come to me for for advice to be like, how do I connect? And like, I, I feel like I'm trying and I'm just not getting there. But I think a lot of times our effort is really truly only 50 to 75% because there is this this 25 to 50% left that is just afraid. And so we're willing to try, you know, a little bit or we're willing to go halfway, but we're not willing to go full, full force because we're just afraid. We're afraid that maybe we won't connect relationally or our personalities won't be similar enough or it'll be awkward. I think our, in our culture today, we, we just don't want to experience the awkwardness. (laughs) Um, so I definitely think there's, there's a lot of fear involved in that hesitancy um, and we definitely have to work hard to fight against that. What about real time? Like, or no, we already talked about real time. What about COVID time? Like, mm. why do you think people are extra hesitant to connect now and a follow up to that? Like, what, what do you think we could do regardless of where we feel on the comfort level? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think we can do to push against that in order to be as- less isolated? Yeah. Well, we've been told that to be healthy is to be completely isolated in your home and um, regardless of how you feel about lockdowns whether you're pro lockdowns or you hate lockdown or you're somewhere in between um, the idea that your mental health or your spiritual health uh, can remain healthy in isolation just isn't true Mm -hmm. Um, and so that doesn't mean that we should all go out and we should have a party in the parking lot right now and breathe in each other's faces Um, (laughs) but uh but it does mean like finding creative ways to yeah. engage in community. I know a lot of people have Zoom fatigue right now. Mm-hmm. We're just tired of being on Zoom Amen. and the awkwardness Me. of conversation. <laughs> but yeah. that's something. And if yeah. you're not ready to come out of isolation because maybe you have pre-existing conditions or you're just working through things personally, there are options. And that's what I love about what you've done with the small groups is, you know, a lot of churches have just ceased existing, period, during this time. And not only have we kept services going, but you've kept the the opportunity for people to connect available in many different forms. I paid and him to say that, guys. Just kidding. <laughs> she had a knife to my throat as I said that. Oh, so dark. Sorry if I'm like shaky. It's because I'm freezing down in our yeah, basement right now. Cold. So if you hear my voice like a little shaky, that is totally why. Um, or if you hear snoring in the background, that's our dog. <laughs> that is our Frenchton Ovaltine Jenkins. So um, yeah, I think that's a lot of really good stuff. And I think you know one of the themes that I'm hearing throughout this conversation. And again, guys, we did not rehearse any of this. This is just some questions I came up with just to see what Justin would say. So it's kind of fun to experiment this way. But one of the themes I hear throughout our conversation is just that like relationships take work and there's going to be discomfort and there's going to be, um, there's going to be just time that is not natural and comfortable and so in our marriage I was like relationships take work if you want to have good relationships like you really do have to invest that time and I think the same is true right now during COVID like if you have zoom fatigue but you're not willing to meet up with people in person like I hate to break it to you but you're going to be isolated and you're not going to have the relationships that you desire and whatever that looks like whatever creative outlet you find but you get fatigued by because you just want to be with people again but you can't Um, I think that's just when you have to remind yourself it's worth it. Like it's worth it in the long run. It's going to take hard work. It's going to be uncomfortable, but 
nothing great happens without some discomfort. So I think that part of our conversation really feels like there was that theme accidentally woven through it. Yeah. Um, that it's totally worth it, even though it's not what we would have wanted. Um, otherwise, we're left in isolation. And that's yeah. when we feel alone. So well, and look at the, you know, Adam in the garden. Yeah. Completely alone and God says it's not good for him to be alone. And so what does God do? He creates a companion. And so from the very start, we've been wired to be with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. And uh, some people have been with that significant other and only that significant other for like a year now in isolation. And you guys also need other people (laughs) to, to be connected with too. So, yeah. 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 No, that's awesome. So this next question, I know you don't necessarily have um, a ton of personal experience with social anxiety, but my question is just, what can we do to fight social anxiety and fear? Like, what are some things we can put in place to feel like, no, I can, I can fight against this? Well, I wouldn't say that I haven't struggled with social yeah. anxiety. I'm just really good at hiding it mm. if I do have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because I'm a hashtag Enneagram 3, so... Uh, <laughs> any of those Enneagram people out there. Um, yeah, I mean, social anxiety is very real for people in all different forms. Mm-hmm. And some people it's, it's crippling and it's incredibly, um, it, you know, it's, it induces all other sorts of feelings related to anxiety and depression. And so I would say, first off, if you're on that end of it, really seeking professional help is it totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah. You know, we, we uh we take care of our our bodies and we diet and we exercise but rarely do we do the same for our mental health and so just understanding that that's okay if if you're on that end of the spectrum to seek professional help mm-hmm. um I, I also think that probably um you know when we talk about getting in community like it doesn't mean you have to have 50 friends um, is there someone in your life or in your circle? Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's um, someone you've had a conversation with who is really approachable. Is that a person that you can just reach out to and connect with? Yeah. Um, I know for us, like we're always willing to go get coffee with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're the pastoral staff, but there are tons of people in this community who mm-hmm. if, if you struggle with social anxiety, like just get connected with Hannah and she'll, she'll connect you with so either herself or someone who could really invest mm-hmm. in you and spend that time with you. A lot of times we, we just approach it like, well, there's, there's no solution except to just grip my teeth and go through it. There's people that actually want to help you through it. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, I just say that it's okay to reach out for help yeah. either way. And, and it's understandable too. COVID doesn't help the social anxiety that people experience. No, not at all. I mean, our threshold for, you know, social time has just completely shot through the floor. Like I was going to say through the ceiling, it's the opposite. But I mean, I'm an extrovert by nature. And I mean, COVID has made me almost completely an introvert. Like it just, it, my threshold for for people and conversations like I still love people and conversations but that I just have an anxiety attached to it and I think so many people feel that um introverts extroverts you know you name it so I think it's 
It's something that we are really facing right now, especially because of COVID, because we've been isolated. We've been in our houses. We've gotten into our really, you know, specific routines and it's hard to break out of those. Um, Yeah. So that was great. I would say one other thing that came to mind as far as social anxiety goes is that when you do end up being in a relationship with someone on a deeper level where you can be really honest with them, like shooting a text and just being like, hey, I want to cancel right now because I'm experiencing anxiety is always a great start to the conversation instead of flaking on people or, you know, backing out of plans. If you're if you're close enough to somebody and you trust them and just admitting, hey, like, I'm really struggling today. Can you pray for me? Like that level of vulnerability is challenging, but it's so crucial to our relationships because then there's less misunderstandings. There's just a healthier um, connection between you two. And I know that in my relationships, when I receive texts like that, I have so much more grace for that person. And I'm like, hey, like I get that you're struggling. Why don't you still try to come out and meet me for coffee? Because I I understand that about you and we can work through it together. And the days that it's too hard, I'm like, hey, I get it. Like we'll we'll reschedule. Um so just having that level of honesty is so important too. And if we all have that natural grace for each other, then there's not really um, as much to fear as we kind of build up in our head. So that's kind of something that's been hitting me during COVID, just um, ways that we can over communicate to one another so that our expectations are at a healthy place. So um, so how has being in community helped you in your faith walk? I mean, it's been it's been essential to grow mm-hmm. in faith. Um, I used the analogy the other week in one of my sermons about stagnant water and the pond that is at Houghton College that we would jump in occasionally that was cut off from the stream that rolls down the hill and it got all nasty and dirty and, um, you know, being cut off from God and being cut off from community causes us to become stagnant. We're no longer um, challenged by people. We're not encouraged by people. We're just kind of sitting there and letting the world have influence on us one way or the other. So yeah. um, I think it's, you know, it's everything. We need community. The church is the church is in a group of people for mm-hmm. a reason. Um, you know, the body is, it's like, it's not the, the thumb of Christ. It's the body of Christ, you know, the, the church body. Um, it's not one individual. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's been everything for me. I've had really encouraging talks with friends that I trust. I've had um, really challenging talks with friends that I love who have challenged me in my way of thinking or my way of acting. Um, And it's just, uh, it's encouraged me to be surrounded by a group of like-minded people who want to serve Jesus and follow Jesus. It's just encouraged me to continue to do that when I have brothers and sisters around me who can continue to encourage me to walk along that path, even on yeah. days when I'm really discouraged or I just, it's been a hard day with kids or whatever it is, you mm-hmm. know? So it's yeah. been everything. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. Um, so if a, a visitor, a visitor, I'm thinking about in person right now, we are talking on into microphones. If a listener, um, today was just thinking, well, that all sounds great. Like I, I want community where, what are some just ideas you can throw out there for where they can find community if they're looking for it? Well, number one, you find it in the church. Obviously that's the, the broad 
picture of it, but, um, you know, if you're having a hard time finding community, um, that's, that's like your job as a small groups pastor and what you're so gifted at is connecting people. So I would, I would first say like, reach out to a pastor, ask, how can I get connected or who can I get connected with? This mm-hmm. is what I'm looking for. I know you've had people who've come to you who've been like, Hey, I'm looking for someone older who can, um, invest in me mm-hmm. or give me guidance or wisdom. And you've been able to be like, okay, I've got this group over here for you to get connected with. So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is if you're comfortable with it, come out to in-person services mm-hmm. Um, we like to say we're safer than Walmart here. Like we're not picking up food and putting it back on the shelf. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not touching. We're, um, sanitizing everything. We're more than six feet apart. Um, we're incredibly careful. Uh, and a pro tip, nobody sits in the balcony anymore. So if you're like, I need to be <laughs> at least 50 feet from people, you just go up in the balcony and you've got plenty of space. Um, but, but honestly, like spend time in those in-person environments, if you're comfortable with it. And if that's something that you, you can do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would just say like, give yourself some grace as you do that. Uh, it won't happen overnight, but if you're consistent with it, if you look for those people and most importantly, if you pray for those people, mm-hmm. um, God will bless that in your life. And, uh, he'll connect you with the people you need need to be connected with. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's great. I would say too, like there are so many different types of relationships. Um, and I think, you know, God really desires for us to have a piece of every type, you know, like we, yes, we are supposed to have close knit, you know, brotherly relationships and sisterly relationships where we can really confide in each other, help each other, support each other, Um, but then, you know, there, there is that next level of just that like familial, um, friendship vibe of just like going to church and seeing people that you love, even if you don't know them all so perfectly and individually. Um, but then there's that there's outer and outer layers to that. You know, there's going to Starbucks and seeing the same baristas every Tuesday when you go in, (laughs) um, And so, you know, developing relationships in every area of your life is always going to be a super healthy thing. Um, And I think it also just continues to make you not only feel not alone, but it makes you feel connected to the mission of Christ, which is to see like Jesus did and to reach out and to love them. Um, You know, making friends with your cashier at Superstore is just as important as, you know, saying hi to a friend at church. So just kind of viewing all people through the lens of Christ and seeing relationships um, in every in every form is potential, but making sure that you're diving in deeper with some people who can really hold you accountable and lift you up. So yeah, I would just say like you can find community everywhere, um, but there's different there's different pieces of that that you would want to grow and invest in. I would say if it was real life, you know, or <laughs> aka not COVID life, um, obviously like joining sports leagues and you know volunteering at the the food bank, which you can do right now well. anyway. Um, yeah, there's just so many opportunities. Yeah, there's so many third space opportunities, we call them in, in churches, just to connect with people on kind of more of a fun level or a serving level or, um, you know, just a, a get to know you level is super fun and helpful and it, it makes you feel connected. But then obviously, again, diving into groups and 
um, or accountability relationships or whatever that looks like is going to take you to that deeper level with Christ and with others, which is awesome. But um, what do you think some of the biggest challenges facing Christians and the church are today? So like not necessarily community related, but like what are some big kind of hot button topics that you're like, this is really something that we have to work through as Christians today. And Hmm. that's a big one for the church. It is big and you don't have to like dive into it fully, but I'm just trying to kind of guide it into a certain area of conversation. So I just Hmm. want to see what you say. I, I mean, I think at least in Western culture, like Canada and the U S there are, excuse me, I just did a tiny burp into the mic. It was like, uh, and I heard Henry talking above us. He's saying daddy. Um, no, I think in, in the Western world, the U S and Canada, the culture is growing increasingly skeptical of Christianity and it's because they've had very negative experiences in churches. Um, they've, I've heard a lot of people talk about Christianity Christianity as very hypocritical um, values that, uh, you know, Christians having values that, that don't uh, lift other people up, but box them in or tear them down. And um, so I think one of the biggest challenges is uh, there is a public perception of Christianity that it's um, antiquated, that it's not useful, um, that it's full of hypocrites. And, um, you know, there there are hypocrites in any belief system. So, uh, and Christi- Christianity has had its fair share of them. Um, but I think one of the biggest challenges is... Um, culture doesn't necessarily necessarily see the value in Christianity at this point. And I don't know that we've fully given them a reason to at times. You know, the gospel transforms your life. It completely, uh, it's radical in, in the way it causes you to love others, to love the widow and the orphan and the mm-hmm. sick. And uh, it's, it's not based on achievement or money or success. And I, I think that maybe in Western culture, the church has had a tendency to get tangled up in those things at times. So, Mm -hmm. um, I firmly believe that the gospel is 100,000% relevant to my everyday life that I need it desperately. And I want other people to understand that. I want them to know that, um, that it, it will change their life, that, that it's an incredible, uh, it's what they were made for, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I, I think, you know, um, showing them how authentic Christianity can be and being in community with people that are churched and unchurched mm-hmm. is incredibly important as a witness. Uh, you know, when you go out to Starbucks, you, you have an opportunity to represent Christ well or not so well. Mm-hmm. Um, when you interact with the babysitter who's not a Christian, you have that opportunity. So, mm-hmm. um that's uh, yeah. yeah. So, like, how would you sum maybe sum that up? The question again was, what do you think some of the biggest challenges facing Christians in the church are today? So, you named one main challenge. How would you sum up that main challenge facing Christians? Mm-hmm. You'll probably today? sum it up better than me. But I, I mean, I think just I think the challenge is showing the world um, 
how uh how deeply meaningful and life-changing the gospel actually is yeah yeah and how desperately they need it yeah definitely um so and you kind of went into this a little bit but how do we overcome that as his disciples you kind of hinted toward the end of what yeah i think community is huge like uh i think about it even from a preaching standpoint like when i get up on stage if you know nothing about me you don't know my family you don't know my personality and i just get up and i tell you what to do (laughs) and i tell you you've got to do a b and c well why should you listen to me there's thousands of people out there doing that um but when you actually know me and you know my heart and you know that I'm imperfect, but I'm striving to be like Jesus, maybe you can hear those things a little bit better. Mm. Um, I, I think that, you know, before we go out and we uh, hit people in the head with Bibles, like we've got to take time to really invest in the lives of those around us. And yeah. that goes for in the church circle as we disciple people. It also goes for outside of the church circle, you know, um, intentionally investing in our community, in our neighbors, um, letting them know that there are no strings attached when we love on them. Mm -hmm. Like we're just here because Jesus loved us, not because we deserved it or Mm -hmm. because he was going to get anything from us, but he just loved us because we're children of God. So, um, yeah, I think community, it's, it's not just a, Hey, you should be in small groups type thing. It's like, no, this is like a lifestyle. This is a way you should, model uh for your kids for your your family like this is incredibly important just to being human yeah and i think of the phrase like they'll know we're christians by our love and Mm. that's not just our external love toward the community toward the world and exactly what jesus wanted us to do which is to share his love with the world but it's also our love with each other and Mm. if there's gossip or there's you know underlying hard feelings or there's you know, conflict avoidance when something could be worked out, all of those things prevent the gospel from spreading. All of those things are ways that Satan works in and through with his ways to keep things in the dark, to keep people feeling shameful, you know, keeping people um, basically distrusting of one another, Mm -hmm. you know? And so the way we fight that is by doing the exact opposite of what he wants. So instead of being isolated, it's being in community And it's practicing our love and it's, you know, getting to a place where we can confidently say, yes, this person knows I'm a Christian by my love, not just my love for that person, but my love for the church, my love for just everyone around me. And I think that's crucial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's basically all the questions I had for today. Do you have any last thoughts about community? What's maybe one of the most surprising side effects to maybe some of your closer relationships that are centered on Christ? Like, what are some things you never really thought would be a really great, um, I don't know, what's the opposite of consequence? Yeah, perk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what's one of the great perks of being in that type of relationship? Well, I have fun with those people, you know, like I, you, you go deep with people and you get to know them so well and I don't know. It's just been fun. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been really blessed with being in this community because we've been uh, able to go deep and be challenged, but we've also been able to have a really fun time up here and Mm -hmm. we've really enjoyed our relationships. And um, so, yeah, I would say just like that. It's not all just serious talks. You know, Mm -hmm. there are, there, there are places for going deep and then there's places for just having a good time. And yeah, 
Um, so yeah, that's, that's been good. Yeah. I mean, I think too, just like richness of relationship Mm. is, is born out of honesty and like you can relax with people that you are completely real with. You don't have, there's no facade, there's no, you know, um, character you're putting on. Like you're able to just rest and know that that person wholly accepts you because that same person that you entered into conflict with last week when something was uncomfortable and you came out stronger, you can feel like that person has my back no matter what. We are, we are going through the fire and the flames together. And that just adds a whole layer of confidence and fun because you you do do both yeah. you know what i mean like you know where that person stands no matter what yeah so. and we've we've talked about this all the time um but it's that concept of mining for gold is that we learned early on in ministry this idea of mining for conflict and um sometimes it's hard to reach conflict and you keep digging and digging and digging and it it's not fun to dig it's not fun to really push and and go deep but it's worth the effort to find that gold. And I think that so often when conflict is done in an honorable way, in a loving way, um, that's what it yields. Like you're saying, that honesty yields gold. It makes you better. It makes you stronger. I mean, how many times have we had arguments and we've had to just sit down and really hash it out? Mm -hmm. And it's been really tough and it's felt like digging through cement and rocks and everything. But we eventually get there and it builds trust with each other and yeah. we're able to enter into that conflict again with, with more and more trust for one another and more yeah. love. Yeah. And not the community is all about conflict, but it's a piece of it. Sure. And that's yeah. yeah, that's all we do is fight. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Definitely um just that concept of building trust is a crucial part of community and that is affected in all of those areas that we talked about. So yeah. that that is a key. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on to talk to us all about community Yeah, it was tough. kick to off this podcast series. Um, I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun. Make we, sure you subscribe to our podcast because we put them out on every Sunday. And if you miss the message because you're, uh, you're so deep in community, like you're in the <laughs> boulevard and you're just talking to people and praying with them, you can listen to it again on uh, Apple podcasts or Spotify. Yeah, Henry, um, our little toddler, wants to be a part of the community that's happening right now in our basement because he is crying up a storm in his crib right now. So if you heard any of that, um, you're welcome. (laughs) But we are going to sign off and get some shut-eye, and we hope that you have an amazing week. Can't wait to share this with you. And Part two is coming soon. Part two coming soon with Pastor Jason. All right, have a great night. I sense pressure building under my skin